All right. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the Christian Air Podcast. Uh, we are here today with our new friend, Jason Todd. Hi. This is not Jason <laughs> That's Todd. Not, you're not Jason Todd. But today we're talking about purpose. What brings you purpose? What's like the the, the true purpose of purpose? <laughs> What's the purpose behind purpose? Purpose, purpose, purpose. Uh, And yeah, it's a, uh, it's a pretty good conversation with uh, Jason Todd. Uh, so sit back, relax, crack open a drink. And take a sip every time we say the word purpose. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> maybe don't be. Maybe don't be, be at home for the night. Be at home or whatever. All right. Well, here we we'll, go. Uh, yes. See you soon. Hey. Hey. What's going on, everybody? Hey, Evan. <laughs> what's up? Long time no see. That was, we are, we need to work on our intros. They're so <laughs> that awkward. That is an awkward time. intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, people who know hey, each other. Yeah, hey, yeah. Buddy. And uh, have been together time. for three hours today <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah. That's why. Hey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like, why. oh, you're still here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. Um, today we have a guest <laughs> with Who's us. that voice? Yes, who's, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a guest with us. Jason is That's joining me. us. Yeah. As I, my mic is failing me here. Hold on. It's sliding around. There we go. Um, welcome. You're another podcaster in town. We found out. You found us. I am. Yeah. 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 What's in your Rockford. What's What's your current podcast that you work on? You Coffee with Humans. Stuff. I've done it for about two years. It's a little over 200 episodes. Nice. The, the, the shtick with Coffee with Humans. So I launched it when uh, COVID was just first spreading around. And what I noticed was the people that I was connected with online had this feeling of almost despair. Hmm. Uh, and that was, you know, turning into depression and all sorts of stuff because everybody's disconnected. Yeah. So I just threw one LinkedIn post out there. I said, I'm going to have 52 coffees this year, virtual coffees. And if you want to have coffee with me, you click the button, schedule it. I'll have coffee with you. So they are, they are strangers. I meet them about eight minutes before we go live. I don't know what we're going to talk people? about. Oh, so he's used to what we said when he walked in and we said, we don't know yeah, what we're no going to talk about. We're swinging. Oh, that. that's totally fine. That's yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think if we, if, if we expect that out of the universe, the universe complies. Yeah. So yeah. coffee with humans, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's 45 minutes. We talk about anything that the people want to talk about. So is it multiple, like just open and like 10 people could be there? No, it's, it's one at a it's time. One at a one time. time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one at a time. Yeah. If you can't tell, I don't pay attention well. Um, <laughs> I didn't describe it. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. No, no. The didn't technical term is ADHD. Most anything <laughs> yeah. that comes out of my mouth, I'm like, did we already talk about this? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Somebody's yeah. looking at me weird. Is this fine? Yeah. Coffee with humans where strangers become friends. I like that. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Nice tagline. Very nice. We don't have a tagline. That's yours. Are you turn? Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. It. Turn mine Quit back down. With my... I got it. I was trying. Jesse's to... also a fiddler. Like he just I get fiddles. Antsy. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. also ADHD. He's a, he's a button pusher, a knob turner, <laughs> a zoner. I just zone out in the corner. Um, okay, uh, tell us what you're drinking, and then we'll share ours for today. We are at a proper drinking time. It's it is, noon. No, oh, it is noon. Just <laughs> we were. We, yeah, That's the criteria. Quite, yeah, yeah. this noon. morning's up. The, the one really. we recorded before this, you had Irish coffee. So, well, I know, but it's but that's like, that's that questionable work work day Monday <laughs> yeah. drinking time. Well, I'm drinking a red wine blend from California called Conundrum. I love this that This is the wine. 2020 vintage. Yes. I'm used to the 2019 or the 2018. But How is that mm-hmm. in comparison? Uh, Conundrum has a good value, I think. So yeah. it's, low, it's low 20s, so it's, it's affordable, but it has some complexity to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't just feel like I'm drinking uh, mm-hmm. alcoholic grape juice. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had Upshot? 
I have not. That's it's, that's it's right really in the same too. wheelhouse. And it's even yeah. less yeah. than that usually. It really? won. Yeah. Did you guys have it before the the wine? Oh yeah, I knew it. We did like the a we, blind wine tasting where you didn't know what bottle it was and upshot one. We stopped drinking oh, out of all of the things. I think we stopped had. drinking it because it probably was corked one of the times and I was like, uh like it corked, had a weird, but it's a screw top. Well yeah, but that can Same happen, thing. you know, it's but it had a weird flavor, so we kinda like stopped drinking. <laughs> what do you what do you call that? I don't know. I mean screwed. it's still screwed. off. Yeah, yeah, screwed. Screwed. I think that's the <laughs> parallel. Yeah. Um but uh, it's a very good wine. Um, good. It's right in that wheelhouse of cheap but tasty. We've had it on here a few times. Yeah, for episode mm-hmm. conundrum. Mm, yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, and upshot, right? Yeah, we've yeah. had it on the. Yeah, um, Jesse, Evan, and I are all drinking the same what beer. Apparently, today. is a good beer. Shut up! <laughs> it by, was rated well. All right, <laughs> it's by Ghostfish Brewing Company. Watch Stander Stout. The, it's very weird. The can said it has awards, guys. Yeah, but you, there's little words underneath the award that says "gluten free beer award." <laughs> so <laughs> it's you know the Boom. details are now where my brain's at. All right, I just saw awards. Yeah, it I sounds German. It's it tastes uh, like it should be fucked up. Angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that bad. It's just different. There's 352 calories in one can. <laughs> Dear Lord. And not and yes. not enough alcohol to make that make sense. That yeah. is intense. Uh, There's 22 grams of carbohydrates. That's a lot of carbs for It's because it's made with freaking oatmeal. This basically and rice. can be our lunch. <laughs> yeah. Based on that. Probably should be. Blended oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like thick. Yeah, oh, a little gross. chunky beer. Nope. Um, no, no. Move it's, on. It's not, move <laughs> I don't on. want it. Uh, no, it's it's not terrible, but it's not my favorite either. That's so fine. that's, that's what it's definitely out. not a stout. I don't, I don't know what to categorize it. I'm as. glad I only have to drink one. Well, you know, you didn't have to pay for it. So, <laughs> okay. That. All right. How much was it? Was it super I really expensive? don't remember. I feel like gluten-free beers are always expensive. I bought multiple beers at the same time, so I wasn't paying attention oh, to that. Well. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, today we're talking about purpose, uh, the purpose-driven life. Um, yeah. so you wrote that book, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jason wrote No, in fact, book. I never even read it. No, yeah, yeah, we, have, uh, his, uh, we have Rick Warren's ghost writer with <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> <laughs> We just run with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. are like Googling it. Like People won't even look it up. Now, no, no, nowadays, people like, believe anything. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, cool. Oh, they yeah. had that ghost right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be talking a little bit about purpose. Uh, we're, we're winging this one a little bit, but I think there's something to be uh, dug into here. With our new friend, Jason. Jason. Aww. Just met him. Yeah. Literally five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, I guess the, the we've done kind of a podcast a little bit in line with this thought, I guess, but we can kind of with purpose. Have not we? well, kind of because we've talked about like if if Christianity was not uh, if it was proven oh. wrong today, what would that mean? You know, yeah. I think kind of kind of goes in line with that a little bit, but um, kinda, or faith in general seemed fruitless mm-hmm. or proved fruitless. Like, what's the point of life? Yeah. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Or you could say, or rootless. If it is all true, what then is our purpose? Yes. Well, Any, can can we restate the same question? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um. So, okay. I guess the whole point right now would be to break apart the idea of, um, what what is our purpose as Christians? 
Uh, how about that? Mm. Big vague question. It is vague. Started off. Oh, he's flipping. Curio- yeah. Out of curiosity, why would our purpose as Christians be any different than why? Is, what is our purpose as people? There you go. Yeah, that's also that's, that's good. a good question. That's a good question. I have no idea. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> out of curiosity. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would our yeah? That's good. Why would our purpose be any different? Why do you have yeah. a different purpose when you become a Christian? Yeah. than you have as just an individual here on the planet. Mm-hmm. Well, or is the per- is it? Is conversion the purpose? No. Well, that's what I was saying. Is like, do people think that um, it's different if you become a Christian? Like, your focus has to change, or your purpose has mm-hmm. to change, and like, it doesn't because we expect like a life changing experience if you become once you become Christian, and I think like altar calls and all of that kind of stuff that you that we've talked about before, yeah. like where it's some big pivotal moment. It's like. Uh, your life changes, and now you have to live completely differently, or you yeah. have to uh, every everything will be better, or whatever. Um, it's probably a little misleading, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it gives you more of like a letdown after. Um, the big question, yeah. I think, centrally to the idea of purpose is why are we here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> if you read like scripture, you get, you know. It's a very general idea in in Genesis and the creation. It's if we're created, if all man, regardless of faith status, is made in the image of God, then that that goes to that question of purpose. Like deep down inside, there's you know you can use super dumb Christian language. Like deep down inside, there's like a God shaped purpose that we're all striving for, or something. God shaped hole in your heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Uh, but yeah, and so I think, yeah, but I do think human beings generally, whether they're aware or not aware, are striving for, or striving towards a greater purpose or, or something kind of on the same trajectory of figuring out what life is about, figuring out what is, what makes sense, what the values are, where do we go from here, like, like a progress, if not like politically progressive or whatever but there's a progress to i think all life regardless of faith status maybe mm-hmm. isn't the point of i think one of the one of the points of this podcast for instance mm-hmm. is this idea of reconstruction and what is you know people mm-hmm. who have been burned let's say by the church mm-hmm. yeah uh, or burned by the people yeah yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. Because the church is simply a construct, yeah. we just get together and agree to what the parameters are of that construct, and it's yeah. changed you know, for thousands of years, yeah. Yeah. and it's going to change again and again yeah. and again and again. Right? We are here for this moment in time. Yeah. But even the question, even to even to propose that it shouldn't, the church shouldn't exist, is also a concept of purpose, right? Yeah. Because if we're if we're not here for any reason, if there is no purpose, then it is a completely moot point it's not even worth discussing yeah and nobody lives like that no no yeah nobody yeah yeah nobody lives as though their life has actually no purpose Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah even if they're not uh even if they don't think they have purpose i I should amend that i think nobody wants to live like that yeah Yeah. if you when you see a person who lives as though they have no purpose they typically become a loner they become disconnected they are they're the person who's set way apart from everything, mm-hmm. just totally drifting. Life, life very visibly spirals out of control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> uh, 
But even then, I still think that, like, you could say, like, a Ted Kaczynski type, but he still found a purpose in bombing mailboxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, he still, there was still, like, a purpose that if, he, he discovered in his purposeless. If there's no life. purpose, then there's nothing to fight for or against. Yeah. And no one, no one actually lives like that. Are there, would you consider, are there negative purposes? Like, if you felt like your purpose was to bomb people. I mean, yeah, that's negative. <laughs> I mean, like, but like, like, no super positive. But, I, but no, but usually purpose. most things like twisted into being like it's it's meant for a, a greater good, right? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. any purpose is meant to be a greater good. Um, I feel like most of the time when people, I mean, Christians especially, like their their purpose would be to spread the gospel and and build the kingdom. That like it's the bigger goal and and push. Um, if you're talking about like you as Christians, but like as people. I think that's a that's a harder one to wrap around. That which is why it's the age old question: of what's what's why are we here? Mm-hmm. Um, if because all this knowledge of the universe expanding and all the things that are going on, I feel like that makes that question a lot more daunting nowadays. Like, is like, are, are we the only ones here? Are we this or that? Or like, what's our purpose? Um, we, I would, I would, I think we get into that discussion. I think because we we live with a lot. Yeah, we have the privilege to even think about those things. Yeah. Because there are billions of people on the planet who actually don't. They never give it any consideration at all. Mm-hmm. Because even if, if, when they begin to give it consideration, all of a sudden life just kind of slaps them right back. Yeah. We, in our, in our Western culture, have the privilege to talk about things that we are that are vastly above our pay grade and actually don't maybe questionably matter yeah. in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, this idea, you talk about this idea of are there positive purposes and negative purposes? Well, if, if fundamentally... <clears throat> From my from my worldview, if fundamentally all things work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose, okay. So if that if that's the framework, right, then it reminds me of I was I was uh, in church the other day singing and praying, praying that God would take it. This there's, there's a particular distraction that I live with in my life, and I was like, God, take this away. I am over it. I am so sick and tired of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was almost like what I heard in, in, in my heart was you, what you call a distraction is actually there so that you, so that you stay dependent on me because you're really good at just taking the reins and going off with your life and doing whatever yeah. you want mm-hmm. and just saying, well, you know, I've, I've, I've got God with me or whatever. And, and not, not having that daily, uh, that, that daily, uh, asking, mm-hmm. right. That that daily asking of of God, okay, what what's what's remarkable about today? What's for today, right? Mm-hmm. So you could say, well, the distraction should be taken away. Well, that's only because we are only because we really want a life of ease. Yeah. When in fact, that's not what's best for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, <clears throat> I was uh, doing some reading on uh, ancient Greek philosophy last week. Um, Casual. And, uh, <laughs> You know, like you do. Uh, but I was reading about uh, uh, Epicureanism, right? This idea where uh, you know Epicurus was you know coming against Plato, Platonism, and saying basically, kind of like we live in this an Epicurean society where the pleasures the pleasures of life are good. Anything that's not pleasurable is therefore bad, and so we should rest in the pleasures. And I think that is, I would say. Like living a life full of pleasure, I would almost say might diminish even an understanding of what purpose is, because I think purpose is always 
found in um not tragedy but it's always found in conflict or in uh resistance some sort of resistance that that's happening in your life and so if we're living in a epicurean or even a hedonistic worldview or lifestyle it's like oh yeah you might not you might lose purpose if everything is easy if everything's going smoothly yeah, yeah i talk about it you know in in the my my book uh, I think it's the second chapter. It talks about the dark wave of despair mm-hmm. and how, how, you know, in my experience, I've experienced, you know, this dark wave of despair that come, you know, washed over me. I was so afraid of these negative emotions, didn't know how to deal with them. Uh, and through a series of life events, you know, I, they just came upon me, right. As mm-hmm. that wave that just, it, it I, I talk about it as you, know, you see it off on the, on the horizon yeah. as though just, it's a tiny wave. Right. And as it starts getting closer, you're like, Oh no, this is a tsunami. And then it crashes ashore, pushes you back. You're under the water. I don't know if I'm going to die or, you know, will I, will I survive this thing? And three days later, you know, you kind of get your legs under you and go, okay, I'm, I'm alive. This is okay. I'm, I'm here. Right. And in that chapter, I talk about the dark wave, the dark wave of despair. It doesn't come to destroy you. Yeah. That struggle doesn't come to destroy you. It comes to focus you. It comes to knock away all the things that aren't solid Mm -hmm. and only leave that which is. Yeah. And when I when I think we get into this idea that that uh, we seek our own we seek our own pleasure all the time we seek our own ease all the time we start to believe that everything is somehow solid mm-hmm. and it's not it's mostly made up yeah 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 and you know there's another chapter about break the rules you know we we all know it here we live through covid you know yeah. we live through covid i think we're yeah. all going to have shirts on that at some <laughs> yeah. point in time right yeah and and you realize oh there was one day one day when i had to go to work and then i'd get a paycheck and then the next day i didn't have to go to work and somebody paid me to stay home yeah mm-hmm. oh my gosh a fundamental rule of our society was completely made up mm. yeah how how many of these things are just made up from one moment to the next? They don't. They have no lasting value. They weren't. Yeah. Uh, so so, what really is firm and fundamental to us, to our being, yeah. as people across mm-hmm. religions, across societies? There are there are right now seven point six billion people on the planet. Probably eight billion in the in the coming months. Our 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 Western culture, our our U.S. society, makes up roughly five percent of the global population, five percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet we walk around as though we are ninety five percent of existence, and we are yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are actually real problems that exist around the world, and a lot of our problems that we, you know, I even I, you know, call it a problem. Yeah, you know, it's really it's transient in nature mm-hmm. and meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, you know, I was actually, I was thinking about that idea. I, I tell people, you know, I've, I was in the army for eight years and people were like super into like the career aspect of being in the army. I was never into <laughs> any of it, but the, but that always gets me to think, I'm like, you know, your career dies with you, you know, like what you do or what you think it, you do or what you think brings you purpose or meaning, like all of a sudden done it dies with you. Like nobody really actually cares. Maybe your grandkids or something might care, but nobody really actually is going to care what you did for a living or what you, 
or, you know, how much money you made because it's going to be pointless at some point. It's like, you know, it's very uh, Ecclesiastes, right? Which is kind of the point of Ecclesiastes is, hey, everything that you think brings you meaning is actually meaningless. And the only thing that brings meaning is, is you know, of, of a tangible relationship with God, you know, rest in God. And that's the meaning of all things. But eat, drink, be merry, <laughs> have fun, enjoy, enjoy life, you know. Enjoy the ups, enjoy the downs, find God in all things. Well, that's that. What's the verse that what is what does the Lord require of you? And I, I'm paraphrasing, right? To do yeah. justly, love mercy, and walk humbly yeah. with your like God. To do eight, justly, yeah. love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. It seems to be pretty straightforward. None of this is as complicated as we want to make it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, to the idea of the church and deconstructing and reconstructing. Well, that's been done through generations yeah. over and over again. Mm-hmm. And from my from my worldview, and I think my reading of of the Bible, we get to do all of these things simply to be proven wrong in the end. Yeah. Because all the things that we, we keep making quote unquote work as people, Mm -hmm. God lets us go just so far and it's all used for amazing purposes. And really, really in the end, we just want rest Mm -hmm. and we're invited to that rest and we're invited away from the struggle Mm -hmm. And we're invited to take up the easy burden instead of the heavy burden mm-hmm. to go, okay, God, I give up, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just want to, you know, unwind the clock. I just want to walk in the garden. Just, hey, give me some plants and give me my people. Yeah. And the sun comes up and the sun goes down and we, yeah. and we enjoy each other's company in the meantime and everybody has enough. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why this is probably just an overused example, but like that's why you can look at, at, uh, tribes in, in Africa or wherever, and they have little to nothing, but they have the people, they have the food, they have things to function and be, and they're the most happy people in the world. Yeah. And I think we just massively overcomplicate the simplicity of all we need and our purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a constant battle of like, how, I don't know how to get away from that living in the culture we're in, in the Western world, because everything else pushes you toward complexity and overthinking and overdoing and overworking and overpushing um, to the point where it's just unnecessary, but that's the world we're in. You know, that's the harder part is the fight back. Cause then all you feel like, and that's why I think there's so many people feeling like they have no purpose or they don't know their purpose is because it's such vague, like a, a chase for money or a chase for power or a chase for whatever you want to push your heart and, and soul into. And then you're still left, like you said, kind of like, struggling for something because the the whole push is to be closer to God and, and, and loving people. I mean, like that's as simple as it can get, but. Mm. Well, I think our culture, like Western, Western culture has, they've tied well, identity and purpose into one definition to me, but the, what we lead is like your purpose or your identity are in what you do. And not necessarily like who you are, or what you're living for. So it's like the what's the first thing you ask someone after you ask their name when you meet them? Oh, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. What do you what's you know like? Tell me what's your job? Like who are you? Like what do you do? Oh well, I'm a photographer. I'm a pastor. I'm yeah. a entrepreneur. Like whatever it is, like that's what we lead with. Um, and it really doesn't have anything to do with who we are. Unless it's Instagram <laughs> well, bios, then it's like. <laughs> you know, husband, father, follower of Jesus, <laughs> yeah. husband, father. <laughs> But it's know. almost a way to categorize people, though. Like, yeah, like in then your you brain. Put, so you can put see you into where this they're box. at in this weird level of like, oh, oh, that's an important role. Oh my gosh, you know. Mm-hmm. And then now you you're like, well, that guy's pretty, pretty. 
pretty important. But like, but you don't actually know anything about him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just a it's a categorization, which is why I hate categorizing <laughs> things. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's a constant uh, it's a constant battle for. See, my brain is everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's a constant battle for for purpose that that is not actually there in the things that we know. And I think that that's a it's a struggle when you're living in the society that you're in. I, I don't think the answer is to like give up everything. Like no. I don't think that's because that's that other extreme of saying, like, well, no, I just need to stop doing everything. Well, so fight the system. So Bob Buford, uh, he's he's now passed away, but he he was down in Texas, and his father, I think, owned a television station. He took Bob ended up taking it over uh, back before cable. And as Bob was managing this television station, cable came on the scene, and 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 so Bob got involved with lay, laying cable all over the place. Right, became a massive, massive company, and. Uh, he had some ideals that he attained to. So for instance, when he was going to take certain channels, he decided he wasn't going to take any of the, any of the pornographic channels mm-hmm. when those, you know, came out. He's, I'm not going to do that. Right. And he sacrificed mm-hmm. all sorts of revenue and whatnot. Well, attaining a certain level of success, he then felt in his spirit, I need to leave all of this. I need to sell it all. I need to go to the mission field. Mm-hmm. And so being a very, uh, very wealthy individual and having the phone numbers of all sorts of people, uh, I think he talked, talked I don't know, I, I I won't quote who he talked to, but he talked to some prominent spiritual leader, right? Christian leader. And the guy said, you're an idiot. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. I get what's happening in your heart, but this mm-hmm. makes no sense because you could call up the president right now and he'll take your call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would you leave that influence? Yeah. Because what you're experiencing is that none of this money, none of the success did it for you. That's all you're yeah. experiencing mm-hmm. and you need something deeper. And so he took that counsel and and wrote a book for one. He he wrote a book called Halftime. It talks about how games are won or lost in in what happens in halftime in the locker room. The first half brings you brings you success, and then and then you go to the to, to the to the locker room of life, let's say, and you transition from success to significance, something mm-hmm. of lasting value, yeah. right? Because we intuitively know that money and all that type of stuff doesn't really make a difference. It, that we use that as a tool to gain something, right? Yeah. So moving from success to significance, that's the book about of halftime. So Bob started reinvesting all of his money into matters of leadership and the church. And yeah. he created the Halftime Institute. He created a publishing house. And uh, and I, I, with a group of 12 churches from the from North America, went down there every six months or so for, for uh, two years. And the, one of the principles was we were, we were talking about how to make twice the impact in half the time. Hmm. Using principles of solid leadership and business principles, perhaps because the church doesn't necessarily operate the corporate, the, the church corporation yeah. uh, doesn't necessarily operate with solid business principles. And so we, we talked about global missions mm-hmm. and, you know, back to, to your, to your point about, you know, there are tribes in Africa that don't, you know, that are happy. Right. I think it was Tom's shoes. We had the Tom's shoes example where you buy a, you buy a yeah. pair of shoes and they're going to give a pair mm-hmm. of shoes away. And all of a sudden they find out that actually the people that they're giving shoes away to, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They, we think we need shoes, but it turns out they never generationally, generationally needed shoes, and so it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. So stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And out of out of out of this out of this uh, a group of people, this group of churches um, with missions budgets from zero up to well over a million dollars a year, global missions budgets, uh, came real solid principles about how the world works instead of just operating on our own 
Western, you know, U- United States culture and yeah. trying to transport that culture around the world. Mm-hmm. How do you work with people of completely different languages, completely different cultures, generations who who do not have the same uh, maybe narcissistic tendencies? Yeah, right. Who who don't who don't experience life lives of ease uh, and don't need them in the same way that we want them. How do you how do you spread the gospel to those folks? Mm-hmm. Uh, when it when our method in the U.S. of spreading the gospel simply does not work, yeah, yeah. for them, mm-hmm. yeah, I th- yeah, it's funny because um, at our church when we talk, uh, at least we used to, not so much anymore, but uh, about the the nature of I think in Christianity in the United States because we've had the in the West probably the benefit of a general lot general generally a christian culture a christendom nature is that we've never been forced to be outsiders right so like we like every, generally people in the united states recognize christian language and recognize what a church is if they drive by it um and so we've we've never had to be the outsiders the we never had to be a a paul traveling to Ephesus and, you know, being legit an outsider to those things. Um, and the nature of, you know, learning the culture, what is important because what is important to other cultures is definitely not important to you. If it was still important to them, then they would be part of the same culture. Right. Cause that's kind of culture is really just a, probably a, a conglomeration of what you find important and then you could create a culture out out of that. So for us, it's money and fame and wealth and houses and sex, yeah, stuff like that, you know. But it, you know, we've never been been forced to do that. So I think churches, especially in the United States, struggle specifically with the idea of okay, the, how do we become outsiders and embrace outsider world, especially as culture is increasingly forcing the church out of the center that makes sense you know and i think that that's a identity crisis almost it causes some some form of identity crisis it goes back to i think the opportunity to figure out what is solid and what is just made up yeah what are the principles that we live with mm-hmm. and what are the principles that we made up yeah right because there are things that we cannot change yeah. about our existence you know for instance you know i i can take my hand and i can tap on the table Mm-hmm. And magically, my hand doesn't go through the table, and physic- physicists actually can't tell you why, even though 99% of me is made up of nothing. Yeah. And 99% of the table is made up of nothing. We don't yeah. know why that happens, but it it does happen mm-hmm. 100%, and it's yeah. going to happen next time I tap on the table. Yeah, yeah. So there are things that we cannot change about our existence, mm-hmm. and we can discover – I think it's amazing. We have these minds that we can discover and search for why these things exist. Yeah. And yet there are things that, that – uh, Art again, transit in nature. We made it up. You know, yeah. the fact that we're on this podcast mm-hmm. transmitted globally around the world. And I know a little, bit, a little about technology. That's practically a mir- miracle yeah. in itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. But that might go away at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. What if the power all turned off? Mm-hmm. What, what if we did have a war? Yeah. Again, a nuclear war. Yeah. What then? Yeah. What is solid about our faith? Yeah. I did look up a map. Believe? 
I did look up a map of the safest places to be in North America if, they, if like not, a nuclear we war not, comes. We're not in one of them. We are not in one of them. <laughs> no. I found that out. I was like, oh, this is like so the heart of the middle. To power plant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, power plant in Chicago. Yeah. You got to go far north to, get, to yeah. be safe. I think it, I think it all boils back down to relationships. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So relationships are are the probably the most the thing we attain to most. Mm fundamentally across all cultures every mm-hmm. person attains some sort of relationship and you can see what happens to a person when they disconnect from relationship yep. you can also pe- see what happens to people when they engage with relationship yeah mm-hmm. yeah interpersonally you know person to person you know the, the back you know the podcast strangers becoming friends yeah. right mm-hmm. or us here we we share some there's some commonality between us, but we don't know each other at all. Yeah. And yet it's like, oh, we could have a relationship and we're having a relationship in some fashion right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone seeks that regardless mm-hmm. of of uh what faith, you know, yeah. or religion they they espouse to. Yeah. And the and everyone wants that. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants relationship. Why is that so fundamental? Why is that yeah. such a fundamental drive and a need that doesn't change from generation to generation? Yeah. And you can't tell me why. Just like you can't tell me why. You can't explain it. You can't explain that my hand does not go through the table. You also can't explain to me why why there is a fundamental need for relationship unless somebody said so. Who said so? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Probably also explains why ghosts can close doors. (laughs) 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 I do think that uh, that especially going through COVID like that was so that was very much proven and i think what we've seen is the last well i mean how long has facebook been around but like the very slow progression of social media zanga. You go zanga. <laughs> yeah but it was um, move on the slow progression of people like thinking that they were in relationship via uh the internet and social media especially um and then covid happening and then realizing like oh, this actually isn't very good relationship for me um, because so many people were sheltered. Like I think, I mean, even in our very small church, like our community was impacted so much by not being able to get together in person. And we tried really hard to keep the community uh, like via social media for like like the first three weeks and and Zoom calls. And it's like, that's just not human connection. And we don't, I mean, again, when you talk about, you know, we're living in the Western world, especially like um, everyone is so busy. And so it's easy to be like, oh, I just, you know, I, I share what's going on with me via Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you do. Um, but you never actually share with anyone what's actually going on with you. I think, And then you're at home, you're by right? yourself, yeah. you're, you're depressed and you don't even know why. And it's like, oh, well, I haven't hugged a human in six months or I haven't had like a real conversation with a face-to-face conversation with anyone that wasn't surface level. Yeah. That's the American way though. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, we're not taught to do relationships well. Like you, I, again, look at, uh, even I mean, they, plenty of other problems there. Look at Asia though. Like you're taught to care for your family, to do this stuff. And like us, I think we're, we have these loftier goals of making money and being powerful and this other stuff like that. And nobody knows how to function well unless you're taught how, this is how relationships should work. And then you're left grasping at why am I feeling purposeless? You know, and especially again, like we're, we're I think we're, we're taught to seek out being right rather than being able to live together in a 
open forum conversation almost, you know, like rather than, and again, you see that on Facebook, you see that everywhere else. As soon as we're all on Facebook, any kind of political, anything, any kind of, everybody's just sharing. This is what I think. This is what I think. This is what I think. This is what Mm -hmm. I think. And nobody can actually like connect anymore because that's all you have is opinion blasting. Mm-hmm. And it's it's left for like your grasping at stuff, and we don't know what why why am I sad? Well, there's been a couple of things that have been said here. One one was uh, that you know we curate our online existences. We mm-hmm. want to we want to be. I would say we want to be seen in a certain way. Why do we say hey, what do you do? Well, gen- you guys achieve satisfaction. I'm happy yeah. about what I do. I I mm-hmm. get joy and satisfaction. Why? Because yeah. I'm called to work. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is an innate thing in me. Mm-hmm. I need to work. And all I think all people need to have something that they set their mind. And 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 hands too, yeah. Uh, but underneath that, underneath that is how am I how am I seen, and how do yeah. I want you to see me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And relationally, I think sometimes we push away from that because we're afraid to be seen, mm-hmm. and get really really raw and real up in our own business mm-hmm. about who, why, why do I feel the way I the way I feel, yeah. and what does that mean, and what and what is the potential outcome of that if I don't even like what I see. Mm. And so we, we're really good. We're just able to dance around that a bit. Whereas perhaps in other cultures or historically, when we could not, when we could not have a proxy for relationship by having a device between us, Mm -hmm. right. We just had to show up one, you know, we had to show up on our, on our lawn out front while you're cutting your lawn and I'm cutting my lawn. And suddenly we can't ignore each other because that's super duper awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or yeah, the old days where you just be like, Oh, I was in the neighborhood, thought I'd stop by. You know, right? <laughs> Please don't yeah. do that. Please don't now do someone that. does that, and you're like, "Get down! Yeah. We're not here." Yeah, right. Or you called somebody on the phone, and they and they picked up, and they're like, "Hello," yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Instead of like, "Hey," via text, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. then ten hours later, "Hey," right? Like, it must oh, be important. Oh, you just right? want to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're easily able to slip into this. You know, I don't want you to see me, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be seen. And it, and if there's any model, if there's a model to be learned from from Jesus, perhaps. You know how how are they going to know us? They're going to know us by our love. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you express love? You express love through relationship. And how do I want to be loved? Mm-hmm. Well, what's the example that I how how at my at my core? How would I really desperately want to be loved? I'd want to be so. I want to know and be able to see how despicable I can be. Yeah, and also go yes, but mm-hmm. but that's not who I'm. That's not who I'm created to be. Yeah, and be able to tell you and you go, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just sit with me in that for a moment. Yeah. And out of there, we develop deep, long lasting relationships. But if you don't see yourself as despicable, if you don't really see how awful we can be as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because we curate ourselves to ourselves. Yeah. We lie to ourselves all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Stand, stand in front of the mirror for just a moment <laughs> yeah. Look at yourself in your own eyes, mm-hmm. right? And be honest with yourself. Yeah, you can be all sorts of despicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh I look at the mirror and I'm like, I'm not quite as fat as I was last <laughs> week, right? <laughs> I could eat a pizza tonight. Yeah. <laughs> another lie. No, not, another lie. <laughs> um, but I I think that too like uh, I think talking about purpose is uh I think that's why Jesus to many cultures whether or not you believe who he says he was or or people say he was and any of that stuff. That's why he's so relatable. Very few people can say like, no, he was a douche. You know, like you know, like nobody can be like, Jesus had it all wrong. I, I feel like so many people fell 
fall into the understanding that like his calling to love people, love God is, is still universally known, whether it's I'm a Christian. So I believe that we're like, well, yeah, that's, that should be done. And it's so simple. It's right there, but people just can't like, Oh, we should do that. If you go back to the Ten Commandments, right? Ten Commandments, you can either look at it as restriction. Here's, yeah. here's all the things you shouldn't do. Or you can look at it as a framework for society. Yeah. One, one day you were making all this shit up. Sorry, I don't Can I no, swear? No, you can absolutely. 100%. Okay, great. So <laughs> one day you're making all this up. And then the next, God says, hey, by the way, here's here's the framework, the unchangeable rules, how you're built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This, things will go well with you yeah. over the long haul if you do these things. And things are not going to go well with you if you don't. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, there are sometimes there's some things that you're going to you know sin against me. You're going to do me wrong. God's like, hey, there's some things you're going to do that you're going to do me wrong. There are other things you're going to do yourself wrong, mm-hmm. which just going to make life a whole lot worse than you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way, but hey, you know what? You're going to choose it, and in the end, I'm going to make it all right because ultimately you want it to be made right. Yeah. And you, and in the meantime, a purpose, if we go back to maybe Mr. Rogers, right? Yeah. Universally loved guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said, uh, we should be repairers of creation. Yeah. As, as people on the planet, we should be repairers of creation. Oh, well, you got to unpack that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this is creation. Oh, if it wasn't, why, why repair it? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everybody, even if, even if people are not Christians, they want the world to be a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why could that possibly be? Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to do that, how? What is better? Mm-hmm. What is better than what you have? Yeah. What standard are you looking for? What's the framework? And fundamentally, we will agree to certain things. Mm. And you will find most of that in in love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And everything else is going to build build off of that. And even if you just stopped at love as you, love your neighbor as yourself, even if you said, "Well, there is no God," well, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, what is love? Yeah, how would you even know it if you saw it? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking. Uh, I, I have a friend that we always talk about. I have a friend. No, I have one of my friends, um, <laughs> and we always talk about how. That the the in our society there's a like the fundamental thing that I think gets away gets in the way of a lot of relationships is we all have a desire to be right, right, and so if we have and so we hold on to that. This is why you have, you know, you you curate your own, you know, uh, uh, what's it, the echo chamber of what you think is right, and you don't allow any other dissenting opinions, you know, political, uh, religious, scientific opinions medical you know since covid is uh, you know but in our memories most recent memories but the and so that desire to be right really does generally get in the way of our desire for connection or our ability to connect with mm-hmm. other people absolutely well and i it's it's actually in my book and i'm glad you mentioned this idea of desire to be right because mm-hmm. you know i'm i've been a pretty capable guy in my past and i've done a lot of things and been reasonably successful at some things yeah. and been a total failure in others. But w- one of the sayings that I had to adopt for myself was when I went into a meeting, I have to say, I'm already wrong in some way to some degree I am not yet aware of. I'm already wrong in some way to some degree I am not yet aware of. I brought that out in the book and I talk about George Washington and uh, it's it said, uh, 
I'm going to read this one paragraph here for you. Knowing we're wrong in some way to some degree at any given moment in any situation is important. George Washington, signer mm-hmm. of the Declaration of Independence, cross of the Delaware, leader of men in battle, commander-in-chief, possessor of mythical dentures, and so much more, <laughs> died from being wrong to a great degree in very specific ways. Washington once suffered from a sore throat after riding around his estate in the rain. He did not change it from his wet clothes, and so he could make it on to, d- to dinner on time. He began to complain of a sore throat. Over the course of 21 hours, Washington gargled molasses, vinegar, and butter. He inhaled vinegar and steam. Doctors swabbed his throat with a salve made of dried beetles. For good measure, they gave him an enema. (laughs) And they bled him five times over eight hours, removing 40% of his blood. Washington, once happy and healthy, was dead in 21 hours. How did this happen? People were wrong to some degree, in some way, they were not yet aware of. He left a legacy of tremendous value despite such a tragically foolish end. Another example of plans, greater purposes, and bumbling in between. Mm-hmm. We are no different. Yeah. For all of our greatness, perhaps a generation or two or three or 100 from now, we will be, pro- we will be proven tragically foolish. Yeah. In very specific ways that we will, people will look back and go, are you kidding me? <laughs> the man had a sore throat. So you, <laughs> what, you bled him? Yeah. You gave him an enema. Yeah. You gave him a salve of dried beetles. <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And yet the doctors of those days, just like us, mm. were very convinced as to their rightness. Yeah. Us feeling that we are right has nothing at all to do with truth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. We, we, we always talk about whether at church or we do a thing called theology pub or on the podcast. Uh, there is a difference between what we, think are facts so the things that make us feel right that those would be facts and then what truth actually is you know the nature of truth truth transcends factual information or uh authoritative knowledge of of any sort truth is um something that i feel like is always a little bit outside of our grasp or or our wingspan if you will it's something that we're all trying to strive for but we're not able to actually Absolutely. You know. We're not able to actually grasp it. And there's a, there's a verse in Revelation, which I know I maybe you should preach on sometime. I don't, I've never heard anybody preach on it. Uh, but it's, it goes like this. And let's, let's, say this is, let's say this is forthcoming, right? That Jesus comes back, right? And he's entering mm-hmm. on this, you know, on a white horse and he's got parade of our, you know, people, behind, you know, uh, angels and whatnot behind him coming yeah. in, basically coming in to say, hey, I'm, this, you're done. I'm going to make everything right. It's over, right? And he's coming in greatness, almost like if you looked up at the night sky and you're like, damn, that's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Also to make you feel so small and insignificant mm-hmm. so that you're just like, okay, fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm hurtling through a rock in space that's also hurtling through space. Okay. So Jesus comes back and he said, and it, and it talks about this idea that he's got a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we are very proud to know Jesus is our friend. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our God, right? And yet, he has a name. He yeah. has an identity that he is not going to tell us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in in all of our search for truth or rightness, in all of our faith, he's also, in the end, God is also going to be proven bigger, mm-hmm. more capable, with an identity that we are not privy to. Yeah. And he's never going to tell us. Yeah. He's going to keep it to himself. Yeah. Because 
we're made well, we're made in a, in an image. We go about this idea of creating and destroying, right? That's from Genesis yeah. two. We can name things, we can create things, we can destroy things within the parameters of how it's all put together, right? Yeah. And in the end, all we want to do is just be like, oh, wow, that was a whole lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> can I just can I just lay it down for a while? And God's gonna say, yeah, absolutely, you can. All those things that you were searching for, you don't need to search so hard. Mm-hmm. Relax for a moment. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, there was a a great discussion that Tim Keller had at I don't know some sort of fancy New York college um, about I think it was after he wrote the book The Reason for God. I don't know if you've ever read that book. Pretty good book. Um, but it was like a discussion av- av- based on that, and he was the guy doing the interview was an atheist guy and asked him about suffering, like the problem of suffering. And he had like probably the best response. He was like, you know, you, you and I could look at this and say, yeah, this is unjust. Suffering is unjust. Why has God allowed this? You know, there can't be a reason that, that God would have allowed the Holocaust. But then he was like, but if there is a God, then there for sure is a reason. And we will never be able to understand that reason. If we were to, if we were to be able to think of that reason, then it would be pointless. Like the whole idea of God is pointless if we can conceive the mind of God on our own uh, fruition. But because there is suffering, and because it does cause us to question, we could either say, hey, there is no reason, but we also must come to the rec- recognition that there's a good chance that we do not know the reason. I love that. And and if we think of the, of the, the extremes mm-hmm. of perhaps joy yeah. and suffering, right? That, that, we can all point to solid reasons mm-hmm. for joy. You don't have to be a Christian to point to solid reasons for joy. Yeah. But you do have to have something more fundamental than yourself yeah. and your own thinking to find a reason for suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And furthermore, I would suggest that that is why through time, mm-hmm. people attempt to find reasons not to suffer. Yeah. Because if we actually have to look at that, we must look beyond ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I think, yeah, that's good. I have no, I have no <laughs> response. Yeah. You know, it's good when he stops talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how we know. Yeah. I don't talk all the time. Okay. Pretty, pretty often. <laughs> it will leave, it will leave us all with the question. It does. Of, yeah. Yeah. Of either it's pointless mm-hmm. or it's not pointless. And if it's not pointless, what then? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's either justice or no, right? So suffering is either going to be, um, is going to, uh, there's going to be a, a justice response to a suffering, or suffering is just part of life, and it's who cares? We suffer, you know, um, or we believe, hey, there is a, there can be a relief for the suffering, and what is that relief? I don't know, you don't know, but there's got to be a relief for suffering at some point, you know, kind of a, yeah. There you go. I don't think we solved anything. <laughs> well, no, no, obviously, Jen. Have we ever solved anything? <laughs> that's not There's the no point. Listen, that's the point not our is purpose. still, and what we always say on this podcast, be a good human and love people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's always so the point. Be a good human. So easy. Yeah. So people make that really hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But even You're when we're looking at purpose, I yeah. think when we look at purpose, like just to say, even if you don't, if you feel like you don't have purpose or if you feel like you haven't found your purpose or whatever you are, wherever you are in life at the moment, like our purpose is always 
regard like what unites us is that we all need to as humans care for everyone else love your neighbor whether or not your faith is struggling whether or not your relationships are struggling like wherever you are in life like you just need to care about one another and mm-hmm. not let differences um get in the way of that and i think when we don't know our purpose or we haven't we're in some sort of crisis part of our life it's very easy to um walk away from all of that and not ask for help and not let people see the the ugly bits um the differences but, are are the things that are transient in nature yeah because if i so you know fundamentally from a faith standpoint probably at our time i don't know but uh, fundamentally from a faith standpoint, right? If I'm a, if I'm a Christian, I believe that God's in charge of all things. He created me mm-hmm. and he's going to use all of my fumblings and foilings and, and he's going to use all my greatness as well. All the things that I want to do, right? My book is called What Could Be? Because fundamentally, you're going to ask what could be now or you're going to, in the future, ask what could have been. Yeah. Everybody deals with that question. Mm. So if if I'm not in charge of the universe, well, you also can't offend me. Hmm. Hmm. you could hurt me for a time yeah but at some point in time i'm going to come back to but yeah but Mm -hmm. yeah but there's there's an eternal purpose to all of this stuff yeah horatio g spafford most people don't know who he is christians don't know who he is yeah successful businessman uh he lost his uh lost his business in the chicago fire and also lost a young son to, I think, pneumonia, if I have it right. It's in, it's in the book. The, he rebuilt that business after the Chicago fire, and he sent his wife and uh, I think it was three daughters to Europe on a boat. Uh, a business thing had come up, and he decided he had to stay back, and so he's, he sent them ahead, and he was going to take the next boat, right? Yeah. And on the journey over, the boat uh, crashed into an iceberg and sank. And in the middle of all of that, the story is told that his wife uh, came onto the bow of the boat and said that, said something to the effect of, you know, God, if you'll save my daughters, that's awesome. But if not, then some, you know, just I know that someday I'll know the reason why. Well, yeah. the daughters were not saved. And she, the wife, was eventually saved by a, a small boat that was passing. She sent a telegram back to uh, Horatio that said, saved alone. So, yeah. And so he took the next boat over and when the when the boat was crossing the Atlantic and came to the point where his 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 you know daughters had died the captain said hey you know here's here's where this is the this is the this is the space do you want to memorialize it essentially. And so he he did mm-hmm. and he wrote when peace like a river attendeth yeah. my way hmm. when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever the cost that was taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Yeah. It continued on. The boat continued on. And additional verses were written. And, and, and when they got into Europe, something had fundamentally changed between the two of them. They left the United States, they actually moved to Israel, and they started a mission yeah. for people of all faiths, uh, becoming friends with people of all faiths. Yeah. <laughs> They were written about in the American press, and and I think we live, back to this idea of purpose, we live in the tension 
Necessarily so. We have to wrestle with the tension of it is well mm-hmm. because I'm not in charge of the universe. Mm-hmm. And even this great tragedy in my life, even the things that don't seem to make sense, might in fact live far beyond me. Yeah. Just like the song It Is Well. Mm-hmm. People who are not Christians have probably heard that song at funerals. funerals or, yeah. Hundreds of millions or billions of people have sung this through the years. Yeah. So our our momentary struggles might live far beyond us. It is well. Mm-hmm. And yet we live with that heartbeat of, yeah, but I need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think in both of those, the only answer you find between it is well and what could be is something fundamental about our existence. Where did we come from? Mm-hmm. And how could we live with both of those thoughts in our mind? Mm-hmm. Because that makes sense of both the present and the future. And I think the only answer through that could possibly be that we are created by a kind and loving God who uses all things and even uses our own abilities. Yeah. Because he created us in his image, our own abilities to create and destroy for good or for malice. Yeah. But in the end, it will be well. Yeah. Nice. I love that. We're going to end there because that was a good spot. That was nice. That was, oh. um, awesome. Uh, Jason, thanks for jumping on this with us. Uh, do you want to give a little shout out about your book? I don't know if we did we uh, forget to like. I don't. He, he's mentioned the title, but um, just where people can find it or where they can find more about you. And we'll put it in the show notes. For also. sure. Grab the book on Amazon. It's What Could Be Creating a Life of Meaning and Purpose by me, Jason Todd. You can also find more about me at therealjtodd.com. The book is especially, I think, valuable for people who have dealt with struggle, mm-hmm. maybe are going through it, don't find meaning in struggle or struggling to find meaning in struggle, uh, and want to want to figure out how to set a path of purpose and meaning for their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And podcast coffee with humans. Yeah. You can find me at coffee with humans.com. Yeah. And other places. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, uh, normal sign off. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Man, I have no idea. That, that, you yeah. can. You can find us at christianaf.podcast.com. We got it. We got <laughs> it. You can buy us a drink on there. You can uh, check out all of our links, find our other social media, uh, find backlinks to people on our podcast, like Jason. See pictures of us. See a picture of each <laughs> Or of be us. like, Jason, read our bios and then send notes, yeah. which was really fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He shared his Enneagram, his... Yeah, yeah. Uh, is uh, my Myers Briggs. My Somebody put an Enneagram. I think Enneagram. Mine I, think had it. Yeah. I love a good personality test. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how have we not done that yet? Have we talked about? I would that? need an expert. Like well, I would we need, need somebody. To, we who, need to get Jordan. On we should here, get Jordan. Jordan's the Jordan would be the one. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have him back on. Um, cool, awesome. That that's great. Uh, like I said, follow us, uh, rate us, do all those things. Uh, you know, only drill. good ratings. Only good ratings. And as per usual, question your pastor, your church, your faith. Uh, and question your purpose. purpose. You know, might as well keep asking <laughs> questions. Uh, in the meantime, I'm Jesse. I'm Evan. I'm Jason. I'm Jen. And that was Christian AF. JJJE. <laughs>